Hello, hello. Welcome to the very first episode of the Between the Two Tales podcast. My name is Kevin. I'm joined by my co-host, Dave. So, Dave, why don't you tell the good people out here what we're doing on this show? What's going on, everybody? So, as Kevin already said, my name is David. And what we got in store here, um, a little bit of play, a little bit of having fun with creating stories. So, what we're going to do and I think uh, Kevin has the generator. We're going to generate five words. We're doing five, not 10, right, Kevin? Yeah, five it's five. Words, five words. And if you guys want more, you know, let us know for the next episode. But we're going to generate five words. And then we're going to create a story incorporating those five words. So, again, we haven't selected it. Scout's honor. Kevin is going to generate them right now. And uh, we'll see what kind of interesting story we can come up with. Yeah, we'll see what kind of story we can make. Just to give you guys some context, uh, Dave and I, we're writers, we're storytellers. That's what we do for a living. Dave and I have co-authored some children's books together. And, you know, we just like creating stories together. You know, it's what we talk about when we hang out and stuff like that. So we just wanted a creative outlet to pretty much uh, create stories from scratch and see how we can use our skills to see if we can create something cool. So, with that being said, I'm going to share my screen on the random word generator briefly, and then we'll pop up some words, and then we'll get to cracking, see if we can make something cool. All right, so let me do this. Okay, can you see my screen? Yeah, I can see your screen. Let's see what we got here. All right, we're going to do one spin. Everyone knows the rules. One spin, one spin only. Here we go. Okay. So we got, I'm going to write these down too on my whiteboard. I've got pottery, understanding, lie, referral, and soft. So let me write these down on my board here. Pottery, understanding, lie, referral. Soft pottery. Mm. Okay. Okay. I got the words written down on my board here for everyone to see. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to hit my mic there. So, what we're going to do, we're going to try to create a through line or a log line, which is basically like a one sentence uh, synopsis of what the story is going to be. Using uh, the, <laughs> these five words, uh, you know, Dave and I were uh, practicing yesterday. I was having internet issues. So we were just doing a few trial runs to see what we can come up with. Um, so just looking at these words right now, uh, let's see, pottery, you know, that could be the object of uh, desire within the story we create. Understanding the character. MC that we create, the main character, can have an understanding with uh, a villain or something to achieve, to bring, to get the pottery. Um, he can lie to someone about it. Uh, he gets a referral. Maybe he's on a quest or something. I'm just spitting out a bunch of ideas out there. You know, I'm also thinking, like, day. maybe the main character is trying to work a like, pottery studio of some sort. That's true. 
And that's maybe like that's, you know, picking up on something you said, Kevin, maybe that's like their life's, you know, their life's goal is to just make pottery. Um, oh, you know what? Uh, I forgot what that movie was. Uh, maybe you know, but it's a, there's a movie where it's this, it's this guy that who's a lawyer and he graduates from college. Uh-huh. I think it's called the firm or something, but he works for a lawyer firm, but it's actually a front for the mob. Are you trying to get the mob involved in this? No, but look, check this out though. <laughs> you uh, get, uh, Tom Cruise film, the one you're talking about. I think about? so. Okay. So check this out. He gets a referral from someone to work for a pottery store, but it's all a lie. It's actually a front for an organized crime, <laughs> and he has to come to an understanding. Because he's soft. (laughs) (laughs) He has to come to an understanding with the organized crime because he's deep in it now. Maybe because the pots he makes have been used to like, um, as, uh, like to carry drugs or something across borders. Yeah. And he has to come to an understanding and escape. Now, I don't want to bite too much off of that film <laughs> because uh, in that film, the lawyer guy, he's fighting against two people, the FBI or, or the, the government and the and the mob because they're like, we're going to throw you in jail if you don't help us. It's and a he's classic like, in the middle uh, situation. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Well, that's just one idea. What if <clears throat> I, I said it earlier because I thought that's where you were going, but what if uh, – you ever seen the movie Whiplash? Uh, who's that with? Uh, I'm forgetting the main character's name, even though he's he's rising like a star. Um, Miles Teller, J.K. Simmons. Uh, it's about oh. a drummer. Yeah, I think so. I haven't seen it in a long time. That's old, right? That came out like five or six years 2014. ago. Yeah, 2014. Yeah, yeah. Little, yeah. Um, and so I was like, for some whatever reason, I was like, if we took this pottery idea, well, we're going to take this pottery idea. What if they were like so obsessed about it that like to them getting in is the biggest deal ever. And then they end up be meeting a, a, a either a, a psycho, uh, uh, like they work as an apprentice, apprentice and like their apprenticeship is with like a psycho. I'm tr- what do you call a person that creates pottery um that's a good question but anyways they come up against this psycho and they have to deal with this while coming to understand that they're actually too soft now is he the world pottery is, uh, is the mentor is he actually a psycho or is he like he he's just so I'm serious about pottery that it seems psychotic. I think I think the latter. They would have to be like so about it, and so you know they're a master of it that they seem right. psychotic by the way they push. But it's I feel okay. like it's a little bit of the absurd because from my from my understanding from a couple of folks I know who who um make pottery and they go to pottery classes. Uh, it's actually, you know, every single one of them says it's a space meant to 
be calm and I won't say silent, but you're kind of in your head and you're working with this thing and molding the clay and so on. So yeah. it's like the opposite of that and creating chaos. Um, right. Creating right. chaos with it. So it sounds like we either have a front for the mob <laughs> of some sort or, you know, this is what's meant to be for this person, the main character. Uh, it's what they want. It's what they wanted for the longest time, let's say, whatever. Um, okay. Well, let, let, let's start, like, shaping our, our main character then. Um, yeah. Before we give him a name, I guess in both scenarios, we both agree that with the word soft, it's just going to, it's going to describe his nature, right? We're not going to use that word for anything else. Yeah. I mean, the clay soft, but I feel like adding it as a attribute of the person is more interesting than. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. The clay soft, you know? Right. Okay. So soft will be the attribute of our main character. Our main character loves pottery. That's his passion. Yeah. Passion is pottery. Um, and, but here's the thing. And I, th I think this, yeah, that's actually what makes it interesting here is, is, and I don't know in what capacity, but is willing to lie in order to, to mm. further their career in pottery. Or maybe like in order to work with this psycho pottery mentor, it's like a strenuous application process or something. And he lied. Mm -hmm. he, he, he made up his resume or accomplishments or something like that. Yeah. It, it could be something like that. Or uh, I'm thinking kind of an another way to incorporate lie, which is somewhere in the story, it's not very character based, but just putting out there, someone in the story, he's told or she's told a big lie that, you know, changes things. The most obvious is like, you know, let's say there's a competition and, or whatever, and they think they've been doing well with steady progress. And then all of a sudden this, this teacher, if we, we, we keep this person, you know, they've been feeding them like, yeah, you're doing great. Like this is inspiring, blah, blah. And then find out that it was, it was actually, he or she was actually lying to the main character and totally just like destroys them. And now it's like a comeback story or something like, hmm. cause that's devastating. If like you go through all that and you're like, yes, yeah, so I'm finally doing the thing I need to do. I have my mentor or my team, not really a mentor at that point, but like the teacher, and they're telling me I'm doing my work is amazing or it's great or whatever it's inspiring blah blah, and then like they tell them that it's trash blah blah like it's a lie and like how that person has to rebound from that devastating news. So you're saying that our main character's work is actually good, but someone told him it's a lie and it destroys his confidence. For pottery. Yeah, uh, it could be really good. And then they're told it's really good. And so like the lie is a lie itself, right? So 
they're lying saying it's terrible when in actuality is great and that person knows it. They just for whatever reason try and knock them off. Um or Maybe stop that whoever whoever lied to them about that steals our main character's idea. There you go. <laughs> there you go. To make it more interesting. But then we have now we have to figure out what they're stealing the idea for. It's like a contest or like to uh to sell it something. Yeah. I think well I'm not I'm not saying hundred percent stamp, but I am saying the most obvious is the contest. Um You know, I watch some of these these shows. Um, ones, you know, competitions. Ones about class, um, and like I think it's called Blowing Glass or something like that. It's on Netflix, yep. and you know the showrunners um, will pretty much tell the contestants, "Are right, hey, here's an overall." idea you need to achieve everyone needs to come up with their own individual idea and then they run off to go do it i always wonder what would happen if like one of the contestants looks over sees that you know person x has a better idea and they take it and then they execute it even better and then they can lie and be like i I wouldn't do that if i were you and it gets in that person's head and they don't execute on what they what their gut was like oh this is a good idea they get all messed up and the person takes it and then executes it and it like wins the challenge or whatever. Like that yeah. would be, I would probably piss that person off or devastate them or make them cry or blah, blah, blah. You know, this person's soft. So maybe they, they would cry and then they have to rise like a phoenix. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like. True. By true, the end true. Of this, they're no longer soft, you know? Right. They're no longer soft. They're they're hard pottery person. <laughs> um, okay. All right. We have this idea of a contest that would be the, the, the environment pretty much yeah. around which the story is based around. Um, referral. Referral. So, the most easiest one, lowest hanging fruit, is um, our main character meets the his his teacher through a referral from uh, like a family friend or or someone he knows who connects the two. Um, uh, um, hold on. If okay, hold on. If this is for a contest. You know, a studio, let's say a, a pottery studio has multiple people, right, in their rank. And the antagonist and the protagonist can be in the same studio. And the antagonist, who I'm, I'm just, you know, the liar and stealer, can be someone that was referred to join the studio. So it's almost like a little bit of a, you ever seen that movie, uh, I think it was a book as well, Black Swan. Um with now uh, and uh, I don't think I've ever watched that movie. Yeah, so in Black Swan, it's a ballerina movie, yeah. and it's like 
the, the white swan needs to turn into the black swan and needs to take on the personality of the black swan, right? I haven't seen it in a while, so <clears throat> I'm going to skip some parts. Um, but <clears throat> the gist is Natalie Portman's character is like working towards becoming the best ballerina and in, 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 in really doing a great job for this performance. And she's, you know, climbing up the ranks and then they introduce a, a new character comes in and she can do the black swan. She's sort of like the backup for Natalie Portman. Okay. And she has to con pretty much contend with her. Um, and it's like someone who's brought in and it shakes the whole thing up. Cause she's thinking, all right, I'm doing it, you know, getting there. And then the, the director's just like, I don't, you know, you're not, you're not there. Mila Kunis is uh, who comes in and she's like the better version of her. And now we have this competition, even though it's for the same dance, you know, for the same performance. Now it's like, wait, a second person's coming in and it might take your spot. It's almost like I'm going to take your spot if you're not good enough. And you have that competition mm. and she's everything that Natalie can't be, you know, the edginess, um, the sex appeal, all this other stuff that she, she does the white swan well, but it's like she can't transform into the black swan. And so with this idea, it's sort of like the antagonist can kind of be brought in just like how um, um, uh, Mila uh, Kunis character is brought yeah. in, you know, later on as a referral. And it's like, this person is actually here to take your spot and you have to fight to keep it. You know? can also flip the script too. The antagonist could be the number one person at the studio and yeah. RMC is the one that's brought in as a referral. So, okay. so that, that, yeah. would, that would make it more enticing for the antagonist to lie to our MC to steal their idea because they want to keep their number one spot. And because the MC is so new to this, they like, they trust the person because, you know, that's the number one person at the studio. So they're more, <clears throat> they're more uh, gullible and susceptible to manipulation. Okay. So, what is the redeeming quality of the protagonist or what, what brings them? Cause right now they're lying to get what they want. Okay. What, what, what's the message? Cause I guess one thing is the, with the other way, it's like, I want to win. Um, you know, they're still playing within the boundary, let's say, but they want to win. And then this new person's brought on and it's like, they're, you know, this person's number one, the protagonist's number one, and then the antagonist comes in and, and he or she is just like, they got number one quality too. Like they're, they're very good, right? And so yeah. it becomes that kind of battle where it's not like, it's not like the antagonist is gullible or whatever. It's like, no, they're here to fight. And that in itself brings out drama and that's like a, a genre kind of question right but that really brings out the drama in it because they're both really good and about to fight for this uh versus and 
protagonist is number one. Someone comes in as a threat, but they're gullible, let's say, and they lie. Well, I, was saying, I was saying that the antagonist is number one, and our protagonist comes in. Okay, okay. okay. And then the protagonist comes in, they're gullible, and then they get lied to. And then they have to come to understanding, like, this person is not yeah. not giving them advice for their best interests. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess there's three options. There's three avenues now. Actually, I didn't even think about the other one that you just said. The protagonist is the one that's lying. Who is, like, a pseudo-antagonist, I guess. The main character. That, that that's kind of interesting too. Um, all three are kind. Of, I can see as we're talking about, it, like all three are, or all three could work. Is what I'm getting at. Like all three could work. Um, so which one do we find currently interesting for now? <laughs> that's really the question. Um, I think we should visit um, the word understanding because I think. Yeah. The moment of understanding in this story, that's going to be like the climax. So, right. Well, it could. Yeah, it could. So I guess, um, we can, we can see with all three of those angles, what that moment of understanding looks like in that store, in that thread, in that storyline. Uh, and see which one's more compelling. Um, so if if they're both number one, they're both like creme de la creme pottery people. What is what is like uh, a moment of understanding between two two people who are who are who are fighting for a top spot when there can only be one? Does one, do they share the top spot? Does one forfeit uh, second place? I'll throw one out, which is, I'll throw one out, which would be whatever it is, it has to be more things added to the main character if this is going to work, but Protagonist has to um, learn some, probably something about themselves and then transform or better their talent or whatever. That's number, like, that's one. Um, so it's like learning about self. You know, they're number one, but it doesn't mean that they don't have a flaw. And, you know, they have a, um, a flaw that is exposed when... Potentially, right? Exposed right. when the antagonist comes. So it's like a flaw thing that they have to beat. Um, and if that's something they learn, understand about themselves is, is the flaw that they didn't have to look at. Now this person comes in and then they have to contend with it one way or another. And they understand. Either they understand that they have to or they come to understanding about themselves um, that they have this flaw etc. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Hmm. So it could be understanding. What you're saying is the understanding doesn't have to be between two people. It could be 
of the character and themselves. Yeah. But let's Amber explore yeah, right. between two people because, you know, that's just one. You know, right. You don't even right. know what the flaw would be, but that's just one idea. That's true. Uh, that's also a good angle. Um, cause like maybe, cause if we went with the person, whoever it is and who, who lies to the other person to steal their idea, they, that person must come to an understanding that the other person is just more talented. Yeah. So in that story, <clears throat> it's like the outcome wouldn't be winning. It would just be the under, like the <clears throat> climax potentially be like losing. If it is a competition, right? Losing competition. And then coming to the understanding that that person is better than them. Right. Okay. Like a sad story. All right, that's pretty interesting. Take note of that. Understanding that that other. Do you find the term of what pottery people are called? <laughs> I feel like uh, I feel like we should give them some respect and not call them pottery people. <laughs> uh, pottery people. Pottery people. <laughs> um, it looks like a ceramist. Ceramist. You know, th I also see clay artist, potters. A potter. <laughs> a Harry <Yeah>. Potter. <laughs> Spelled the same way. <laughs> um, so potters. Ceramist. Um, yeah, those should do. All right, we'll call them potters. <laughs> you know what's funny? They had Harry Potter. I mean, they always have Harry Potter running, I feel like, every day somewhere on television or some crap. But of course. Had it in the background. Of course. Okay, cool. All right. So... All right, so what should the dynamic between our soft MC yeah. and the antagonist be? Should, the, should our main character come in as the, the person that's like the, the new up-and-comer? Should they already be number one? Uh... Or should they just come in as like the, the like the newbie who's like excited to learn, not have any you know desires of being the best or whatever? They just want to do pottery, yeah, and then they get taken advantage of that way. You know, again, I you know any of these could work. I guess, I guess it really comes down to mood, um, and what kind of mood are we trying to give this thing? Um, 
And also, if we want it to be just drama, you know, uh, 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 suspense, or like, uh, excuse me, like a thriller. Um, I think very <laughs> evil things. I mean, evil things can come out of any of them, except for the last one. You know, it could, but I think it can get very malicious and dark in an interesting way if it's I'm number one already. And then the newbie comes in and they're jockeying for their spot and they're, and they're willing to do things that the protagonist isn't. Um, hmm. I think, I think, I think it gives us some, some avenues there. However, uh, on the other side, coming in as the newbie um, and Let's just say that they have a, a, the same drive. Let's say not necessarily to become number one, but just to drive to do well and exceed. And then they end up exceeding and doing well. And then we have the antagonist who is number one, who's like, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, you're not taking my spot. Like that's not happening." You know, when you said dark and moody, the first thing that crossed my mind was the antagonist. His or her lie gets exposed that she stole the idea and then they try to murder RMC. This could go into a proper <laughs> and then it, it goes from like pottery into like, but it could, it could turn into this thing where it's like, I want, you know, to fill a vase that I created with this person's blood. I mean, think about how dark, that is. <laughs> think about how dark, how dark that is. Um, I don't know. We can make these characters whoever. So, they, right, they so could, Jeffrey Dahmer is in the story. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> um, it could it could get that dark, but the question is, do we want to write that dark? That's all it really comes down to. Is do we feel like writing dark? <laughs> that, that sounds pretty. The contrast going from like pottery to like violence that 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 seems like interesting and fun. You know how like those things always come up and it's like, I wonder how, you know, when, when something like terrible happens, right. And people sit around and they're like, how, how do they get from like this from point A to point B? Like how, like what took place, what sequence of events happened and what took place for them to get into this mindset that made them do something so heinous. And that's kind of like a story here is like, what took place? to to for them to commit such a, a heinous you know murder as it sounds like we're we're, we're <laughs> attempted murder <laughs> attempted murder um, but here the, the the question still remains it can it can work either way i i'm literally 50 50 i we can flip a coin but it could be the protagonist who's number one who has to defend their position or it can be the antagonist is number one protagonist is trying to overtake and, and maybe not even like in a serious way but they just are that damn good and so they do and and we have how with the first one the protagonist it's weird to say protagonist and then say they try to m- remain number one and then what if they're the ones that to commit them or the attempted murder you know it's kind of yeah. um you're trying to turn our our main character into like joe from what's that show you from you, 
Yeah, that's yeah, exactly. <laughs> like he becomes or she becomes. I'm I'm kind of thinking she. I don't know why. I think Pari. All right, we'll go with that. But she. I um, not that I mean Pari's genderless, but um, I think it'd be interesting. I think. Yeah, you know, you know, I forgot about what was it? It's called yeah, you. I forgot about that. I didn't watch the last season, but I should, um, or the latest season. But yeah, I saw the first two, and you know, he has his way of thinking, and yeah. it makes some weird sense. Uh, and he, he well, because he he thinks he's doing the right thing, right? But, but it's in service. Um, it's in. Service of, I think in the first season, it's been a while. I think in the first season, it's in service of him protecting someone. Well, that's what he feels like. No, that's, he, what, he, yeah, he, that's what he feels like. But he kidnaps, he kidnaps his um his crush. Remind me again. Yeah, he he kidnaps his crush, which is a blonde girl, I I believe, and uh, you know she. Well, he, he does all these things to try to sway her to to fall in love with him. Like I think he like murders like another person who is interested in her or something. And then she finds out and then he kidnaps her. And then the good thing that comes out of it was she's she was an author and she had writer's block. And because she was trapped in a glass prison in this dude's basement for so long, she ended up writing like some best-selling novel out of it. You mean his original ex? Yeah, the the original girl. Yeah, first- but she wasn't okay. I'm sorry, it's, it's starting to come back to me. But that book didn't come out until like the second season, right? Something like that, or the yeah, or yeah, like yeah I think so. Yeah, okay. gotcha. The second season, if I remember correctly, was weird uh, because there was a Hispanic girl who got the crush crazy. that the crush that he had his new crush in the second season, I believe, is just as crazy as him, and she ended up yeah. like killing her brother in the end or something. She ended up killing somebody for him, and then they got married and had a baby, and that was like the third season. Yeah, she killed her brother. Yeah, her brother was writing a screen a screenplay with Joe. Oh right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I remember. They had a scene where like he made them stay in like a hotel or like yeah, yeah, with the whiteboard, posting yeah, yeah. bodyguards outside, and he needs to yeah. like, get back. No, no, she didn't kill the two people. Maybe she did, but she killed the girl in the cage first. He had like the Hispanic chick in the cage in his in that bookstore's basement. He couldn't get back to her, and by the time he did something like that, she was dead. And he was like, "Who killed her? Did I kill her?" He 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 kept like halfway black and something like that. He didn't remember if he was the one that killed her, and then yeah. it was revealed that he didn't kill her. This girl did. Um, hmm. That he eventually married. Such yeah, a and that, story, huh? What a story. All right, so our our Christmas? our MC could be like a Jekyll and Hyde person. <laughs> so, right, let's. So what we'll what we'll say here is 
they are number one. Number one. I got, I got like a, a gnat flying around trying to get in on this session. Um, they are number Here's one. ideas. Okay, so he's the top yeah. pot. She's the top potter. She's the, she's the top potter. Antagonist comes in, getting all the accolades and appreciation, and everyone thinks she's the, the bee's knees, as one may say. And this just burns her to no ends. And... Oh, maybe we might, we might be able to cast away with this competition. We're actually not making a competition thing anymore. We're we're kind of making more of like a a revenge, like a, high, like a hierarchy, and yeah, and like fighting for positions in a studio, <laughs> in a pottery studio. <laughs> okay, so if our MC is the twisted one, I think soft. The attribute should move to the antagonist then? Not necessarily, because they could here's the thing, the, the the heroes, even though you know, anti-hero journey, they can start off soft. And by the end of this thing, Oh yeah, that's true. That's true, that's true. By the end of this thing, they are, you know they think they're sweet, kind and nice and soft, but realistically their actions say something else and they are just evil. And and mean spirit, so like they can start off soft and genuinely be soft, you know, whatever. But there's another side of them that they didn't know was there until push, you know, push came to to shove, right? And and then now this other side is revealed, and you see this person develop from being soft or you know whatever into this other thing that they themselves didn't even know they had. Okay, so from what you're saying. Our MC starts off as soft, but then the antagonist wrongs her in some way, and that brings out this monster <laughs> that's hiding within our MC. And she takes things past past pottery. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty All right. Because, All right. listen... At the end of the day, for the protagonist, we want them to change and not just be the same person throughout the whole thing. Right. I think them starting off quite the opposite of what wickedness they're about to, to commit um, makes is interesting. Okay. Um, <laughs> This is hilarious. Oh. This is, but you know what? This is actually like very... I can see it. It's very interesting. Alright, cool. So, I think we have enough here that we can start plotting the story out. Um, so we do... So I, I guess the story can start off as, you know, the Pottery Studios running as normal. They're making their things. Uh, and then one day, it's like the new kid at school. The antagonist gets brought in. Uh, the teacher introduces the antagonist as like, we should probably give these characters names. Uh, so-and-so. 
so and so is the let's say she's the daughter of a close friend of mine to make things more interesting. <laughs> sure. Uh, or she she's the son or daughter, whatever. Maybe we can make the antagonist a dude. He's the, he's the son of a close friend of mine, uh, and he'll be joining our studio as of today. So now it, it kind of makes it interesting because then our, our MC tries to murder her dear teacher's family friend's son. Yeah, why not? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> throw some wrenches in there. Um, okay. Yeah, the, the thing about this kind of story is that there's always, um, you have the stages, right? So you have the stage, and this is like a rough, you know, whatever, you know, I'm just kind of spitball. But stage one is like, you know, play this, right? Life, Life is good, no issues, right? It's the norm. Yeah. What they're used to, they're on top, top dog in the pottery world in the studio. Stage two, um, threat is introduced. Okay, unsure what to make of them, right? Uh, Not necessarily met with hate, unsure what to make of them um and some more can go into that but stage three is kind of like the protagonist now sees that this person is awesome right and so this person is 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 awesome and is a threat to the protagonist is um, norm. Doesn't mean murder. Just means, hey, what the hell is going on here? Stage yeah. four. This is where it could get interesting. You know, or I mean, the whole thing is, but protagonists could try certain techniques first to see if they can. So it's like, all right, if their ultimate goal is to remove this person, right? Uh, what? things may they try to remove this person before it means I have to kill this person, right? So one thing could be, you know, and we could spitball about this a little bit, you know, and, and go further. But one thing could be like, um, you know, I don't know, e- either to try to get them to go to a different studio or uh, downplay their work, um, try to put them underneath their wing, the protagonist's wing, you know, it's like, Trying to, to contain, you know, if I can't get them to leave, I maybe I can contain and the be underneath me, you make, know. Make this person my lackey. Yeah, that's one thing that could happen. But stage four is like stage four, whatever is gonna happen is like um first attempt to it should start off friendly and then yeah. gradually just get worse and worse. It shouldn't be anything that's like hardcore, right? It's it's almost like trying to become friends, but you're trying she's trying to contain or or minimize or blah blah, but it's still in a in a friendly way. It's still in a 
you know, it's not it, it it's jealousy. It's not hate. Jealousy, yeah, right. It's really what it comes down to. First, first attempt is to, um, you know, in a sense, contain. I'm using the word contain, but it doesn't have to be that. But it's it's uh, it's the jealousy stage um, that leads them to action to try to contain. And then stage five is, you know, it doesn't work. Whatever happens, whatever they try, it doesn't it doesn't work. Um, yeah. So what I'm what I'm thinking, yeah, off the top of my head is like, first, you know, they'll be like try to act like this. Um, this welcoming mentor try to take the antagonist under their wing. Antagonist brushes them off, say, nah, whatever. It's like, I'm going to do my own thing. Then our main character starts downplaying antagonist work, just making smaller marks here and there. Like, oh, that, uh, that doesn't look, your, your plot doesn't look as smooth today or, or, or something. You're, 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 you know what really pissed off this protagonist? Let's say, like, all right, you, you just said, like, the pot is something, right? Let's just say, like, there's a defect. And it appears only the protagonist is able to see the defect. And no one else seems to give a damn. And they still think it's amazing. You know, that's the kind of thing that gets underneath people's skin, especially when you're right. competitive. It's like, but there's a notch where it's not, it's not supposed to be in the, and everyone's like, no, it doesn't matter. It's a difference, unique, blah, blah. Like, they don't care. And it's just not technically right, but they don't really care. Just yeah. In the sense of to just drive them crazy, where it's just like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. I'm starting to, um, I'm starting to think maybe you should look in the process of how a pot is made real quick because. <laughs> Because then, once we get further down, when it turns into like actual sabotage, yeah, like when uh, I mean, I feel like you got to put those pots in an oven or something so they can dry in the kiln, in a, in a kiln, yeah. yeah. So maybe the, the our protagonist leaves the antagonist pot or figurine or whatever they made inside the kiln longer than it should. Yeah. I don't know what happens when you overdry a pot. Maybe there's like cracks that form or something. Yeah. There's there's literally a show. You know, now that you got me thinking, I actually watched there is I was talking about glass. There is one for glass. There is one for pottery as well. Um <laughs> and and I watched it. It's only one season, I think, and it was pretty good. I think they shoot it in England. Um and that's exactly what happened. Yeah, there is. The Great Pottery Throwdown. No, this is something else. This is on. You would watch something like that. <laughs> okay, maybe maybe it wasn't this then. <laughs> this doesn't look familiar. I thought it was on Netflix, but it's saying Blown Away. Blown Away is the one with glass. I know that one. Yeah. So maybe the Great Pottery. Yeah, British television. Yeah, okay. So it must have been. I thought it was on Netflix. So it's a... It's a uh, Show on HBO. I guess they had a couple seasons. Um, but that more or less, that's what happens, right? It's like you overdo it. Um it it, it can break, it can shatter, etc. Um, yeah. Um 
sometimes when people, you know, they took it out and then they, you know, they go to, there's another process, there's another part of the process. I don't know what it's called, but it's like a holding chamber where, um, maybe that, that is also the kiln, but so like a holding chamber, I believe. And they're trying to bring it over there while it's like hardened, right? So at this point it's already hardened. So maybe they did whatever decorations they were going to do. Like you can paint it, right? Um, yeah. Glaze it. And then they yep. bring it over to a rack to dry or whatever. And they had like, they had like inside of a, it looks like almost like a refrigerator, but it's not. Um, and, you know, some people dropped it on the way over there. Right. You know, <laughs> someone could be tripped, you know, and, and it's like, you trip, you, you've already done all this work, this elaborate work, you put it in the kiln, you had it hardened, and then you go to do this next thing, and someone trips you on accident, or I don't know, and then it shatters, and you have to start again, and if it's a competition, you may not have the time to finish another time, another one, you know? Um, right. Yeah. I don't know why. You know what's funny? My my girlfriend always says, "Why do you watch this?" And I was like, "You know, it's just something interesting to see." Little does she know, <laughs> <laughs> it'll come full circle. It came full circle, um, but it can be sabotaged like that, like oh, or, okay, or, oh. Or, or unplugging the thing, right? Because I think it's electric, so they unplug it, and then the thing doesn't properly. Um, it's like it's still wet. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't finish. Well, like there's multiple ways you can like sabotage. Okay, so what, let's say the main character tries to sabotage the antagonist. Antagonist kind of catches wind that the main character is trying to screw them over. And he, that's when he starts to get his get back. So he, maybe he, because his pot is ruined, he like, I don't know, steals an idea or something from the main character. And that's what's triggers this alter ego monster within our main character. What's the worst thing that could happen to someone in in a situation like this? I think the worst thing would be like getting kicked out of the studio altogether or or the competition, blah, blah. Like they get kicked out. That's true. Yeah, yeah. And that could set. I think that would be a, a good straw to send this person into a rage. Um, that's yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that's true. And you know, and then now we have we have the basis for revenge. Now, how that yeah. revenge takes place, you know. Listen, this is it's like all right. At one instance, it's just this like little world. It's does it, it, there's no branches any further. But then once you get kicked out, you know, maybe the person wants to, and I'm not saying we're going to do this, but just to illustrate the point, maybe they want to go uh, slash some tires, let's say. Um, But then my point is this about it. Whatever that thing is, it causes the guy to create a police report, let's say. Now, Now we're starting to have some very real world consequences for this person's actions. And it's a minor thing. It's a minor. Th- I mean, it's serious, but, you know, police report. I know who did this. They're on camera. They didn't even know they're on camera, let's say. And now they're like, let's see, you had to go to court. Like, yeah, it's a minor crime, let's say, but you're going to have to pay for this. 
this tires and go to court and blah, blah. And they're going to tell you this, you know, you have to pay for this tires, blah, blah. And then now it becomes something where like, we're going deeper and deeper into rage and stuff. And then somewhere because she's been brought in or put through the system, so to speak, you know, that could come back to add some suspense in a later scene. Um, around the time that it's like, oh, are they going to get caught or not? I don't know how, but it could help us with the suspense later on down the road. But in the, just for the time being, it's like it just beats them down even further. They thought they were going to get the sabotage and the rage out. Um, yeah. And they slash a tire, do something real world, and then it backfires on them again. And now they have to like, you know, it just brings them into this 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 rage about it and you know maybe they beg maybe maybe she tries maybe. to set his apartment on fire <laughs> well maybe maybe she tries to <laughs> okay maybe it's not slashing cars but okay whatever whatever it is maybe she tries to whatever whatever it is she tries to like She needs a moment where she tries to like set things straight, flatten it out and just be like, yeah, I did this. I'll pay you, blah, blah, or whatever. I'll make it up to you. Please drop this. Right. Don't ruin my life. Please drop it. And he's like, hell no. And then, you know, now we have, now we're adding in desperation and it's like, well, what can make someone try to commit murder, rage and desperation? I mean, now we now we have now we have the concoction right. that makes sense for why how they got to this point where it's like I have to take this person out. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. Let's come up with um. Let's come up with names for the main character, the antagonist that comes in. And the the teacher, even though the teacher is going to be there for like one sentence, <laughs> Mister. You know what? The teacher can be named Mister Potter. <laughs> Mister Mister Potterson. <laughs> Mister Potterson. Yeah, uh, yeah so, I mean, listen, I don't mind it being on the comedic. Um, this thing is getting so dark that I almost hesitate to make it comedic. <clears throat> we could do a random name generator if you want to pull one up. Let's do it. <laughs> make a female name. Now I have, to watch, name. I have to rewatch an episode or whatever season of. I mean, I think in one episode you can kind of get the point. Um, of the Great Pottery Showdown. I think I didn't even think I finished it. I think I did watch an episode or two on a lazy Sunday. Um, what am I looking up here again? Uh, random name generator. Random name generator. Okay. Nielsen Clark. 
Tyrone Hughes. Nielsen Clark. Faye Carroll. That's Tyrone Hughes. That sounds like a name of of a of a potter. Faye Carroll. Yeah. All right, let's make Faye Carroll our main character. Faye Carroll. Oh, we do you want the teacher or the main character? Uh, both. I mean, we need we need a name for the teacher, the main character, and the antagonist. All right. So I was thinking of the teacher right now. We'll call him Faye Carroll. Oh, okay. And all right. So we have female. Give me twenty-five names. So the teacher is <laughs> going to be named Faye Carroll. Yeah. Let's let's get yeah. Let's get our main here. All right. Do we care about any particular race? No. Whatever sounds bright for a murdering potter. Latoya Phelps. Um, <laughs> um, Irma. No. Irma. Harriet Barnes. See, some names you can't help but just say in a certain way. Harriet Bar. I always think of like Harriet Tugman. It's such an old name. Natalie. Harriet. Natalie Lindsay. Of course, one of them is Kelly Potter. For one of the- <laughs> <laughs> um, Joanne Richardson. Erica. Erica. Marie. Erica again. Erica Burns. I think uh, Erica's a nice name. For a murdering Potter? You can call her Erica Potter. Erica Potter. Or Erica Burns. And then the attempt, as you already said, was trying to burn down the apartment. Erica Burns. Okay. <laughs> A little foreshadowing the name there. Yeah, why not? Why not? It's Erica not too, Burns. Not too on the nose where like it gives away in the beginning. Erica Burns. Yeah. All right. I need a male antagonist. Name. Need a male. Male, male. Okay. Let's see what we... Kevin's fun. Ah, you know what? I think Max Bach. (laughs) (laughs) For those of you who are watching who don't know, Max is a dear friend of ours who we try to incorporate uh, in any way possible. However, into as many damaging stories as we can. Joseph Lance. I've only Joseph met, Lance. I've only met one Lance in my life. Um, Raymond. The only Lance I know is the Elite Four Pokemon trainer. <laughs> Are you going to say the Elite Lamb Armstrong or something like that? <laughs> nah, I forget Lance Armstrong. Dallas Henry. 
Roosevelt. Dallas Henry. Collier. Willis. 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 Willie. Goes by Willie. Let's get let's do another random spin. Ronaldo. Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> Jesus. Malone. Ooh. It just gave me a string of names that are pretty interesting. Vincent Archie Lewis. Archie Lewis? No, like those are just all first names. So there's Vincent as one, Archie another. You know, Vincent, Vinny, Archie. We can do Archie. Sounds like that. You know, it used to be a comic uh, book and then uh, a TV show back in the day. Um, Yeah. I'm trying I think to know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. You remember that? I remember Archie the like graphic novel. That's what you're talking about. <clears throat> Riverdale. That's right. There was Archie, you know, through the comics and then they made like a a cartoon, I think. Um Super old. I don't know why that just came into my head, but yeah. Archie. So antagonist. <laughs> Archie. Let's get, I'm hit, get Archie. Archie. Archie Nash. Briggs. Archie Collins. That sounds like it goes together. Archie Collins. Um. Archie Johnson, Underwood, Malone, Archie Malone, Archie, Archie Malone, Archie Dixon, eh. Fleming, um, Archie Collins, I keep coming back to. Archie Fleming isn't bad either. No, no it's not. Archie Barton. Archie Barton. <clears throat> Archie. Let's do let's do Archie Collins. Collins. I think that flows better. Yeah, I think that it's kind of hard. The Archie Collins flows. But we have all right. So we have our MC named Erica Burns, teacher named Faye Carroll, and the antagonist named Archie Collins. We have kind of a premise of a story, kind of like a revenge, revenge story that happens in a pottery studio. <laughs> so I think we should start plotting this story out and see if we can come up with something. I think we have everything we need. And then uh, we got our five words and we'll obviously hit on all of those. Yeah. So I guess... Uh, We'll start this off. The story can start off as Miss Miss Faye Carroll introduces uh, Archie. Not first, not yet, not yet, because we not start yet. off with life is good. What the what? What's the norm? The norm is you know Erica comes. You know it's a beautiful day. Erica wakes up. 
She's got another her morning routine. Everything is great. Uh huh. The birds are chirping. You know, blah, blah blah. Gets to the studio. She's got another her you know, custom first place of for some yada yada. Yeah, she's got another custom request from a client. Yeah, specifically for her. To studio with another custom request. Custom request for a, a pot. Uh, a pot or, or a piece of uh, for a piece. Call it piece. An art piece. Everyone's doing their thing. And this is when Miss Vay Carroll brings in Archie, right? Now, okay. Let's, yes, it could be. How deep do we want? How, how three-dimensional are we trying to make these characters? And I say that, and I ask that because um, part about touching upon these folks' lives could be, you know, what's their family life like? What's their friend's life like? What's their blah, blah, blah? Um, or we can keep it kind of like this, this, and this, and this happens. And then those other things. You know, uh, or I, I think we should we can we can uh, dimensionalize some of these characters a bit. Yeah. <laughs> so. So let's just say. Yeah, you know, she has an awesome day. You know, something like this, right? Uh, well, let's also set the stage. Okay, hold on. Let's set the stage real quick for the competition, um, or whatever this thing is gonna, whatever this thing is gonna be, right? So she yeah. goes to the studio. She gets a custom request. You know, she's just awesome. Coworkers love her. You know, whatever, telling her good things, and then. Yeah. At some point, you know, maybe, um, you know, Faye comes in and is, you know, excited about something. All the other, all the other parts come around, like, what's going on, you know? Um, yeah, maybe, maybe the competition is between a bunch of pottery studios, yeah, and one, one piece is chosen from each studio. So all the all the potters probably name the studio too. Yeah. I don't know I don't know why studio 65 just came in my head. <laughs> um all, you know potters really see what kind of pottery studios Lucky Penny Pottery. That's one close by here on Hope Street actually. Um 
island pottery Stone. studio, hands-on pottery. Stone cold pottery. <laughs> it could be uh, Carol's uh, pottery studio. Uh, yeah, yeah, Carol's Carol's pottery pottery studio. Carol's pottery barn. <laughs> Carol's pottery club. Carol's pots. It has a ring to it, I won't lie. Carol's Carol's kiln. Uh, Carol. Carol's Playworks. Hey, all right. Oh, Carol's Playworks. Carol's Playworks. All right. All right. So she tells all the potters, you know, to uh, gather around, let's say, and tells them about the competition. Between the pottery studios or a TV program or a TV program. Right. Let's put some stakes on this thing. Winner yeah. is getting an all expenses paid trip to Disney World. No. Um <laughs> winner is getting um some money reward their work their work and their work shown some yeah somewhere somewhere important their work is going to be front and center stage at like a red carpet event or something you know it's going to be at the met gala <laughs> okay yeah yeah why not yeah the winner is getting some money and their work Will be shown at the Met Gala. You know, part of something here that we should probably put in here. It, it will not. Well, well, let me put it to you, and we can discuss it. But like, maybe there's also you have the pride aspect, which is like it'd be shown at the Met Gala, in number one. And then there's also there's always another aspect when it comes to money, and so there might be an aspect of like she needs the money to do something important with it, and this actually might be her. I won't say redeeming quality, but the thing that humanizes her, especially later, where it's like, you know, maybe she needs the money for an opera. You know, her grandmother, her mother, her mother needs not invested. Most of her money in crypto and went to zero. <laughs> something more noble. What, what was that? What was that thing? FTX or something like that? Yeah, she invested in FTX and it went to zero. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she was going to use that money for, like, you know, does she have a child? Is she childless? Is she with a husband? Is she husbandless or girlfriend, a, a, a wifeless? Is she. 
you know, was she going to use it for just I feel like for a new car or something, you know, whatever, or was it going to be like to save somebody? I feel um, like our main character cares more about the status of <laughs> being shown at the Met Gala, yeah, and not the money. I think, um, yeah, and and I I'm just saying that as like, hey, there's another potential thing that can be attached here with the money. Um, you know, yeah. it can be something as simple as instead of being stuck underneath Carol's Clayworks, you know, eventually she wants to open her own studio, her own uh, pottery studio. And with this money, yeah. she's going to do that. And, and that kind of feeds into her ego of like, I need to get, spread my own wings. I need to be my own thing. Yeah, she wants to start Burns Pots. <laughs> <laughs> so what we'll do is make a quick little revision here or, or, or addition here. Um, maybe one of her coworkers. Um, or you know what? No, it can come up later. So right, winner gets some gets money and blah blah McGala. <clears throat> All the potters are excited, and we could you know it could be something like, but you know they know. They know Erica's Erica, probably going to win. Yeah, they know Erica is going to win and has it in the bag. Um, they're excited for her. They're like, yeah. they're like, Erica, your your work can finally get you know showcased uh, globally. Yeah, and and. You know, it's, it's one of those things where it's like later on that day or whatever, a coworker can come to her and say, like, <clears throat> you know, with that money, you can finally open your own spot. She's like, yeah, I know. Blah, blah. And then, you know, that little bit of information is out there. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or maybe she keeps it a secret. That she's not trying to open her own spot. I think, I think if just one person knows, like her best friend, that she also needs some allies. And I think just like one friend at this thing knowing is is more than enough. Uh, and I wouldn't do more than that. Like just one person who she trusts the most knows um, that she'll bring with her to her new studio once she opens it. Maybe, yeah, yeah, you know. Um, I think that's pretty good. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. So we have competition. We have the expectation that she would win. Um, and we know that it's important to her that she eventually does her own thing. Um, and, you know, and, and we set up that she has a friend that she can uh, tell these kind of uh, inner thoughts to. Okay. Yeah, basically, in her mind, she has a very good chance of winning, you know, her studio's spot, the money, and recognition from winning this competition. Yeah. 
is going to allow her to kickstart her studio because she has the, the funds to do it. And she also has, you know, that, uh, that, that momentum from being, from her work being at the Met Gala. So there's a lot at stake. Yeah. And, and just to get around the, the, um, question of like, wait, well, how does she know? Yeah. She may be great for her studio. How does she know she would beat out, beat out the other studios? It could be one of those things where, you know, she's been around. She knows the top potters at the other studios and knows that like their work doesn't hold a candle to hers, you know, that kind of thing. Right. Uh, right. Right. And we all, and by doing that, we also demonstrate that she is, um, mindful of her competition, um, from other studios, let's say, or, you know, she knows, she knows, she knows she's good en enough to, to be able to spot talent in other places as well. Um, Okay, yeah. so instead of it being the same day, you know, it's one of those things where, like, she could go home. She starts drafting up her idea for the for competition. Yeah, 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 yeah. She goes home. You know, if you wanted to make her well-rounded in a sense, you can have her, like, um, you know, see her parents or whatever. She tells them about the competition, blah, blah, blah. It also gives us a chance to have some insight where, you know, I'm thinking in terms of if this was shot, you know, you would see like the medals on the wall and the ribbons and the blah, blah, blah. Um, I feel like, I feel like she should be some sort of a loner. It's just her alone and pottery. But here's the thing. Kevin. <laughs> If, oh, you know, I, I don't disagree with that. It could be like the basis of what, you know, the type of person. There's also a commentary on that could be made about she's in her parents' lives. So she's not a complete loner. She's in her parents' lives. And even they, yeah, if there was a if there was an interview later, they themselves wouldn't be able to say like how the hell she turned into a, a murderer or, or attempted murder, blah blah. Like, right. it's like how, I who would have known? Who could have seen this? You know, right. Um, and I don't think it totally takes her away from being a loner because it's just her parents. Now, whether she hangs out with friends or something like that, we can come up with the I. You know, we could play the groundwork for like she doesn't or you know she doesn't have to, you know maybe her parents ask her like you know have you know are you dating anyone she's like i don't have time for that you know um i got pots to make i got pots to make <laughs> soldery is life you mean her parents and we see the awards on the wall she goes to her parents' house. Yeah, just for dinner. Okay. You know, just like a quick, you know, maybe it's something they do every week. 
you know, once a week. Uh, they ask, or what's new, let's say, you know, whatever. She tells them about the competition, yada, yada, yada. Uh, they ask about a, you know, is she dating, um, whatever and she says she's focused on her career focus on these pots <laughs> you know just to set the stage where it's like she's about this you know this is this is her life and that helps uh, re um Seeing the ribbons and the comp, you know, blah, blah blah on the wall. Yeah, whatever this conversation is with the parents, but either way, you know, we get we really drive the. She's been doing this for a while, and this is her life. Okay, we'll do some skipping here. I mean, if we were making like a proper film story, we'll have to flush it out, but this is more of an outline. So let's just say, you know, next day or, you know, oh, just to add in your point, um, um, you know, she gets home and begins coming up with ideas uh, even though it's late, you know. Right. Next day, we get to where you've been been itching for. Next day, that's right. We you know we get to the studio, and yeah, I I would almost say like everything should kind of be like normal, like everything is. It see it. It appears to be a normal day, right? So, like, all the love and blah blah blah. Um, until everyone's we, asking, everyone's asking her what she's like, gonna do, what she's gonna do for the competition. Yeah, it appears to be a normal day, and she's talking about her ideas, etc. Then. We have our ball drop, our mic drop. Miss <clears throat> Fake Carol hey. drops, drops a bomb. Now, now here's my question here. Should, um, <clears throat> yep. should this person already be there or like when I, when I say already be there, like, you know, Hey, you know, phase like turn around everyone. I have someone important here to show you and they're standing there or it's like they're coming. I almost don't want it to be like a coming next day thing. Cause then it's like, what was the point of that? It's like slowing down the story for no reason almost. So you're saying, once she gets to the studio, should 
Archie already be there? Should Archie not not when she gets there? Or or you know, maybe when she gets there, she's like, "Who's that?" Maybe maybe she even finds him slightly cute, but she's like, "Nope, I can't let him." You know, I can't let mm. that kind of thing get in my head. You know, I'm not here to date. You know, whoever he is, you know, he's a cute looking guy, but like, who cares? Like, I have things to do. You know, she doesn't even know that he does pottery. Or, you, know, you know, he's like, what if he he's the only guy at the studio, and it's just all the makes him stand like, out even more. All the girls are gushing over him. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. There's a guy at the studio that all the girls <laughs> are gushing about, or at least some of them. Some of them probably don't even care. Maybe they're not into guys. Because maybe normally when Erica shows up, you know, everyone crowds her, asks her about stuff. But today when she shows up, no one comes up to her and they're all crowded around Archie. So it's like a Already, you see the contrast in her day. Yeah, that are starting to turn for the worst. Yeah, and I would say the initial emotion of it. I guess it's a little bit. I don't say even jealousy, but it starts to to plant the seeds of jealousy. Yeah, it starts. It, it, and this should be a couple different things. It starts to plant the seeds of jealousy, but also just like. I, I think it's interesting if she finds him also cute or something. Yeah, yeah, she doesn't, you know, she's not going to let him interfere with the business of pottery. But it'd be interesting to see that contrast once everything's all laid out of, like, she found him cute or whatever. And then, you know, it didn't, it didn't start off completely with anger and resentment, blah, blah, you know, start off with, you know, like, Hey, what the hell is happening? And like, Oh, that guy, yeah, he's cute, but like, I'm not going to let him distract me. Oh, maybe he's one of those, uh, he's kind of like a playboy and he flirts with her. Yeah. But then that gives her a reason to hate him. If he played, if he's a playboy with everyone, I don't even want, I want I want the audience to have a reason to hate him, just or or you know, for Erica to hate him, not the audience. Well, yeah, that would, that would also make the audience potentially hate him, but but he needs to be our semi more innocent man. All right, all right, semi innocent, <clears throat> not completely evil. A properly introduces. him and you know I think would you say that he's like a, a friend of family friend yeah a family friend a family friend's son so it could be like one of Faye's old friends and this is her son old pottery friends yeah oh, oh here's the thing though he's just Returned from someplace. Italy. <laughs> he took sculpting classes in Italy. Um, in Greece. 
Uh, he just returned from a family study abroad. Yeah, maybe he um he was repairing the pan he was repairing the pillars at the Pantheon. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, going to lose. <laughs> yeah, he, he was studying abroad in uh, some European country. I don't think it really matters, but yeah, he was studying abroad somewhere. Um, and Yeah. <laughs> okay. And he's doing uh Hmm. But and maybe he's he's uh he's Faye Carroll's new apprentice or something. Well I mean he could. I guess technically all of them are apprentices, right? So, yeah. Um, but he's returned from abroad, sculpting of some sort. Uh, they lets them know he's the new apprentice. Mm -hmm. I don't even think Erica would care at first, to be honest with you. Like, she hasn't seen his work, so it's just like, okay, right. Um, so she wouldn't be you know, phased by him. Okay. Seeing his work now, we have to demonstrate how good he is. Like, maybe, maybe you know. All right, they all go off. The day continues. They all go off to do her thing. She's plot, plot, uh, planning what she's going to do for mm -hmm. competition, and um, you know, either. Either he says, like, yeah, I want to join this comp, or I'm going to join, or I will be in this competition too, blah, blah. And she's like, you know, this is for pros. Like, wait, let's see what you can do. And then he shows up and he's just like, he rocks it and kills it. Um, or he creates some pottery. Everyone's like, damn, yep. you're really elaborate and cool and good, and blah, blah, blah. And then they're like, you should join, you should enter this competition. And then we get our referral. Uh, yeah, it could be a referral. I mean, he kind of already got referred to Faye by their family. Friend. Hitting it twice. Okay, yeah. Um, but, like, that's something that could happen. What do you think? Yeah, they either, um, you know, they're just maybe <laughs> Faye gives Archie an assignment to do. 
and he he has something to work on, and he uh, <clears throat> he creates it, and everyone is like crowding around it. It's like this spectacular piece of pottery, and now everyone's like, "Oh, you should." Maybe they start they start saying like some remarks that'll start. That's getting, good. That's Erica. That starts to get under Erica's skin. Like, yeah. Oh, maybe Erica has some competition. Right. Stuff like that, backhanded remarks like that that aren't serious, but like in a supposed to be in a jovial manner. But that's that's not how our main character takes it. Right. Yeah. Okay. And you know what? I'm trying to think. Like, Erica, she would, you know, she sees the work is good. Um, but her ego won't let it, let her accept that it's on her level. So she tries to find. Well, she's like. Faults in it. Coming up soon, like, you should probably join next year. I mean, what? Yeah, she should. Just to, like, throw the, throw the can down the road. Yeah, um, she starts her her path towards sabotage, tries to persuade him to not join. Yeah, something like that. All right. But, you know, so day ends. Erica's going to try to throw him me for next year. She is, I'm not sure how it would be shown, but for the sake of the outline, she's troubled by Archie and his uh, his skill. Um, and we see this um, as she ends her day and whatever. Uh, Next day, you know, the competition. So either we can go next day, Archie enters competition, yada, yada. Seems like a drag. Versus, um, you know, and there might be some stuff in between, but we get to the competition and Archie is there. What the F is he doing there? And Erica is not pleased and happy to see him. Hmm. Maybe there needs to be some interaction between the two of them before that to make that more. I was, I would think that when she tells him, um, like, you know, his work is good, but suggest competition next year, there'll be more to that conversation. Like, it just you know, them two talking. You know, what I'm thinking is she she does, she, you know, makes her remarks about how he should you know, uh, sharpen his skills and then join the competition next year. Yeah. Um, just so just because he's like fairly new or whatever in pottery. And then what if he 
seems like he sort of agrees with her. He's like, oh, you're probably right. But then he shows up anyway. And, and <laughs> yeah. Listen, you say that play nice and be on her good side. And that I think having that little that one interaction there. So she's like showing up to the competition thinking he's not going to be there, but he's there anyway. When she thought in her head that you know, she's like the the alpha of this pottery studio, and someone has disobeyed right. her. Uh, her underling has disobeyed her. <laughs> right. So he, you know, he, he agrees. He's trying to play nice. Doesn't seem like he'll show up. She thinks she uh, was successful at delaying. We get to our competition day, and he's there. With his, uh, I guess it's a pottery bib. With his pottery bib. <laughs> man's ready to go. With his apron. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Pottery apron, that's what it is. Man's uh, a bib. He's a baby. And <laughs> he's ready to contend. He's a child prodigy. He's actually seven. That's why he's wearing a bib. Competition ensues or begins or whatever. And, uh, you know, let's give, you know, Erica wins first, you know, first round. Archie wins second. But I'm basically what I'm getting at here is. It needs to become both of them are winning rounds by round. And yeah. um, she needs to do something about this. And we get closer to what you were talking about with the jealousy boiling and her trying to commit sabotage. Yeah. So um, how long is this competition? Is it a day competition? Is it a two day competition? Is this like next day she shows up and she has a game plan to sabotage him? I feel like it should span three days because I feel like the art needs like overnight to dry or whatever. That's true too. So I'm not sure if that's say, actually true. Um, no, no, not that you say it in the competition. It wasn't all done in one day. Um, There's like a multi day thing because they needed time to let. It, yeah, so maybe on the night of the second day. Well, before we even get to that, let's just say, you know, first day they're neck and neck. Yeah. Um, they're, you know, their pieces are complicated. Judges think they are on the top, let's say, second. And what were you about to say about the second day? I was going to say the night of the second day. That's when she, like, starts to sabotage. <laughs> so let's say, you know, Erica 
Erica wins the first day. Um, Archie wins second day. Well, let's say like this, right? Erica, you know, so Anna's that first day. Erica returns home and she's in panic mode, you know, hyperventilating. You know, she's never, she's, she wants to win this. And this man is really, you know, causing her some, some issues. And, uh, but it gets her gears grinding, right? It gets her, her gears going. Uh, and she starts to try to think of a plan, right? And then we have, um, well, we have the we have depression, sadness. She's just gonna have to try to beat him out the next day. And then you're saying the end of the second day, we have. I think the only way to stop him is to sabotage him. Yeah, yeah. Comes to the conclusion that. The only way to stop him is to sabotage him. Okay, so she goes home. She shows up the next day and finds out that well, he he's won the the next day. Or I think I think by the end of the second day, by that time they should be onto glazing or whatever else. Like really, just put making it complete the art of their work. Yeah. Um, so by the end of that, she's like, you know, I would think, so I would think this by the third day, at least it would be, so maybe on the second day she decides, you know, there's some drama that can build up in there without us necessarily climbing into it at the moment. But I think on the second day, you know, things have already hardened up and she has an opportunity to make him drop it or something like this. By the third day, that's usually when they would uh, do a reveal and a, an assessment. Yeah, okay. So let's okay. say, technically, by the end of the second day, she might be disqualified. Um, so she has to kind of start watching him, you know, for the first day. She has his, her eyes on him by the by you know on the first day you know she's like damn yeah. he returns home she's hyperventilating whatever and you know she has to come up with something but she can't maybe she can't really think of anything yeah you know on on the second day she comes to the conclusion only to sabotage him um, and for the sake of being brief. You know, that sabotage can come in the way of trying to break his thing. Um, she <clears throat> so how did she try to sabotage him though? Well my thing is one of the ways is is by tripping folks. You know, I feel like in there there's other ways, like people took other people's materials or whatever. Um but so she sneak into does she sneak into the kiln room and turn, maybe raise the temperature or lower, lower the temperature of the kiln where the his piece... The thing with that is that her piece will already have to be out because they're probably using the same one. Okay. Um, so by essence, she might, she might destroy her own piece. Um, 
which is also an interesting thought. Yeah, like she's that desperate. She's like, oh, maybe we have to start all over again. Like, yeah, I don't know if this is true or not. Sounds too pottery, but it makes sense to me logically and scientifically. She, she like pokes holes in his pot or something. I don't know what that would do. I feel like that bring in air and bring in cracks or something. She places a giant block on top of his and it gets smushed. <laughs> That's too obvious. <laughs> I feel like she could take like a, I don't know, like a, like a needle or a pencil and like just jab a few holes. Mm. Now, like she can also, I don't know if it's true or not. Mm-hmm. So maybe like, because now, well, I don't think we should get stuck on it either. Like she sabotages him. Some way, some somehow she sabotages him. All right, yeah. And then um she throws a banana peel and he <laughs> slipped on it. <laughs> either either they have cameras, which would make sense. It's a television competition, so they have cameras. And they review it, and they find that she was the last one to go in there, or she was the some way she you know found out that she was the one to to do the deed. Yeah. Um, so her, we're having her sneak into into uh, the kiln. An exclusive area when no one's around, right? And then yeah. physically sabotage his, his. Sabotages Archie's <clears throat> piece of pottery. And then, you know, our... Actually, might end the second day, right? Yeah. That's the end. The night of... That's the night of the second day. Yeah. Then, because our MC's not so smart, she even realized that there's hidden cameras in there. Too jealous. (laughs) She's just enveloped in a... A state of rage and jealousy and envy that she forgets that there's cameras. All right, she's on camera. Everything. You know, whatever it is, it can also be like she ruins everyone else's by accident. Which means she didn't intend to ruin everyone else's stuff, but she ends up doing that. Too. Yeah, that's something that could happen, but in any event, yeah. uh, they show her on camera ruining his work. Um, and for this, she is um, disqualified. Yeah.
She's distraught. She can't believe it. She oh, I, I'm having an interesting way on how the, uh, the lie can come in now. Uh, maybe Erica is in a... She's filled full of guilt. So she, you know, she apologizes to Archie, opens up to him and everything, wishes him the best. And the only thing she asks is that Archie doesn't tell uh, Faye Carol that Erica is the one that is the one that uh, is, was trying to sabotage everyone. <clears throat> but then he snitches anyway. <laughs> right, right, right. Because that removes her from the competition, but then this also can remove her from the studio. Right. So Archie snitches. Okay, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Archie threatens to snitch. Erica tries to talk him out of it. But it's no use. Archie's about that. I mean, he he gets her to help him with something in in exchange for not snitching. Erica. So if Archie's threatening her, saying that he's going to snitch, Erica would be like, please don't do that. This is everything I have. Uh, what, what can I do for you to not tell Miss Carol? And he could be like, um... You know, help me, help me draw up designs for maybe because she ruined everyone's piece that they have to redo this thing yeah. or something. And then he's like, you have to help me redesign a pottery piece together. And then maybe, maybe he, he, he plays pseudo nice guy again and says, uh, you know, I'll, I'll give you credit or something as well. Well, once it gets released or something. In return that he doesn't snitch on her. But then... Well, if if ultimately we're getting towards, like, he's going to do it anyways. Um, you're basically just saying, like, that kind of makes him evil. Because he's giving her, like, a bit of hope. And then he's just like, but he has no intentions on following through. Yeah. Actually, I'm not mad about it because you know what? Maybe maybe we have to give it a little bit so that way people are like he's not a great the great he's not an angel. No, he's a he's a con artist from Europe. Um actually he's he's pretty much the same person as Erica. They're just it's different circumstances. One's right willing to kill. 
Um, <laughs> right, Erica's willing to go beyond pottery. <laughs> so we'll just, you know, keep it simple once. Something in return. And uh, Erica agrees. Long as he doesn't tell Faye. They come to an agreement or a supposed agreement. However, however, Archie still snitches. Archie snitches. The next day, Erica shows up. Everyone is, like, looking at her with, like... Like, with disgust. Yeah, with disgust. Faye Carroll tells Erica to come into her office. Oh, that's right. And Faye says, Archie told... Told me everything you tried to do, Erica. You've disappointed me greatly. You've ruined, you've put a stain on the reputation of Carol's clay works. Now I need you to turn in your apron. <laughs> Sounds like something from uh, Hell's Kitchen or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Turn in your brown apron. Yeah, You're through. Just like that. Erica's world is upside down. She's lost everything. That's right. Everything she holds here. Mm-hmm. Now. Now we go to slash tires. Um, That's right. <laughs> um, Erica wants revenge. Yep. Either slash smash breaks into his house. I don't know. Erica wants revenge. Wait, 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 wait. We're skipping over some potentially important. What if Archie? <clears throat> Should she gets kicked out, Archie gets a second. Let's just say in, in the realm of the competition, Archie gets a chance and he ends up winning. Like he gets to redo it, whatever. He ends up winning. Yeah. Now he has the money, he has the fame, he has everything. Now now yeah. he really got going, right? And what if she thinks you know, I'm thinking in terms of slash and tire, blah blah. But what if she's like, yeah, if I go into his, his house and take the check, the reward money check or whatever. Tries to rob him. Tries to rob him. Because now she has to open up her own spot. and she need, Now she really needs that money to open up her own spot. Okay. So hold on. Um, so let's just, you know, and, and yes, like in the real world, to everyone watching, like obviously there's more elaboration to like Archie winning and You're right. yada, You're right. yada, yada. But you know, just for the sake of being brief, Archie wins the competition. Um, 
<laughs> and it's the reward money and the fame, etc. Erica is busting at the seams. Erica wants revenge. Maybe she shows up to his house, breaks into his house with the. You know what? The, does she does she does it on the first day? You know, maybe there's some kind of. Uh, you know, she shows up to his house. With the like, expectation of carrying out her deeds, right? What if she shows up with the intention of burning it down, but she steals the money instead? Ooh, okay, okay. She shows the expectation of burning. <laughs> she, she she wants to make good on her Burns last name. But check instead. She takes it. Takes it and runs. She leaves. She could either leave some behind, or he also has security cameras. But we already did the camera thing, so I guess also so she leaves. Maybe she drops a trinket. Something that's only behind. That's only that's her. only like unique to her. Yeah, and then it's easily identifiable back to her. Yeah, and then the next morning. Let's just say, for the sake of being brief, there's loud bangs or knocks at the door. Open up. Open up. You know, it's, it's the cops. They arrest her. On the spot. That's right. You going straight yep. to jail. All right, all right. So we're gonna do. We're gonna also gonna speed up here. She uh, goes through booking. Okay, whatever. Parents are disappointed with her. Okay, whatever. Right. Uh. Okay. Court date is set. She's out on bail. So we're we're basically jumping through this whole police station scene. Things happen there. You guys get the gist. We've seen it before. Yep. Uh, booking. Parents come in, disappointed. Lawyers show up. She gets set out on bail, blah, blah, blah. Court date is set. Okay. Yep. Now. Now we have... Oh, oh, that's right. We were talking about how she could beg him to like, because here's the thing: her one saving saving grace here is if he decides to drop the charges. You know, he has the money back. If he decides to drop the charges and not and not uh, plead against or um, I forget what they call it, but like he's like, all right. Technically, she still has some trouble legally, but like. If he if he's like, well, I'm not going to show up to court and uh, press charges. Yeah, yeah. The things that I, you know, my grievances or whatever, like, you know, that that's like technically a reduced sentence, or or they could drop it, right? Right. Um. So, 
she goes to beg. Um, she goes to beg him, and tries to get him to drop his charges. Yeah. <laughs> right. Tries again to drop the charges. Now, hold on. Now, either he can be a little something, something, and like be like, "Yeah, I'll drop the charges," and then plays her again and doesn't, and he's just <laughs> now. Now she's like, "Son of a," or or he just doesn't, and she's just livid, and like this is purely just this, this is rage. It's she's destroyed. Now she wants, you know, to remove him. You know, if she removes him, actually, it kind of makes more sense because if she removes him, you know, who's going to take up the fight for these charges? In the, yeah. in the real world, his parents probably, but okay. I feel like they should do the fool me once, she on you. Fool me twice. Fool twice. Fool me once. Shame, shame on me. shame on you. Fool me twice. Shame on me. Fool me three times. And get fooled again. That's what George. Fool me three times. You're dead. <laughs> um. <laughs> All right. So he he dupes her again. Okay. So she goes in. He he plays her. Dupes her again. He will drop. What doesn't? She now, and, you know, and, and and it goes without saying, her mental state at each point is like deteriorating, right? In the sense of like her anger and rage and her, um, damn, what do you call morals? Are yeah, changing. You know, it, you would have to see it throughout the scene at at the police station, you have to see it here. Like you'll see the morals start to drop, right? Yeah. Um, but anyway, she, she now knows she has to get rid of him. Yeah. How about this? How about she didn't actually intend to kill him? But and still asks the question, like, why? Well, I was going to say, kidnaps him and, and uh, tries to threaten him. But, you know, it doesn't really make sense. He already took everything away from her, and now she just wants revenge. She wants blood. <laughs> she wants her own just like... She wants. Oh, she wants justice. Right. Her own perverted <laughs> version of justice. That's right. Now, on paper, this is quite the right turn. However, it goes without saying. Again, you know, there's some context that would have to go further. You know, if you were to really turn this into a script or something like that, or a book, there's some context that would have to be elaborated on to to make this turn 
um, or to get yeah. to this point, right? But okay, we get to this point. She wants blood. Just as a recap, we went from her being, you know, <laughs> she doesn't really start off as too soft, though. I must say, like, if there was ever a revision of this, you know, we need to demonstrate her softness. Uh, referral is, is there, <laughs> all sorts of lying is done. This man keeps lying to her left and right. Um, We're coming towards the understanding part. Understanding. She's going to understand herself. Kevin, huh. big idea here, okay? There was uh, a lady serial killer who is she's popping into my mind, but pretty much they did like a, you know, and this happened to a whole bunch of murderers, blah, blah, blah. You know, they did like an interview with them in jail, right? And then yeah. that's when some of them get to demonstrate their understanding of their crime and blah, blah, blah. What of all yeah. of this is from the standpoint of she's she's been locked away now for like this is actually back in time she's been locked away for a good twenty years and she's giving like an exclusive to a news outlet and this is how she demonstrates her understanding of her crime of the jealousy of everything now she's been in jail for for so long or whatever <laughs> okay so <clears throat> she's gonna she's gonna try to get revenge. Try to kill him in some way. She does. She does. She succeed or no? I think she does. <laughs> All right. So she succeeds in killing him uh, in whatever manner she decides to do. Mm-hmm. She gets caught, obviously. Yep. And now, fast forward. She gets caught, you know, and then we go back to real time. You know, this whole thing could technically be a recounting of what happened. You know, as if she was to tell, you know, it's as as if you were to put color to the words as she was telling it to a reporter. Oh, okay. I grew up, I had this promising career, you know, I was number one, blah, blah, blah. But we're seeing it from the first person. And, you know, she's also telling it from her point of view. And then she's just adding color. So it's like we're going back in time. So, like, imagine, like, we're in the jail. This stuff this stuff has already happened. This is the past, but we're reliving right. it like it's the present. Right. All right. So she, she gets caught. It comes. It fast forwards to the present day. She's uh, in hand. She's in cuffs, talking to a reporter. Yeah. So, like the the skinny of it is, she gets. I mean, you already said it, but she gets her perverted version of justice. She kills him. Um. You know, she gets caught by the police. Um. She gets sentenced. She goes to jail. Her life is completely ruined. Now she might, here's the thing, the understanding part is interesting. She might be like, yeah, she might have, her perspective might be, if I can't have it, no one, he, he can't, or no one else can, especially him, whatever, right? You know, that's, that's, a, a, that's, one, that's one level of understanding. Or, uh-huh. it, can be, or it can be, you know, I, I screwed up, blah, blah, like I let jealousy get a hold of me. 
and I made decisions I shouldn't have made and I regret it. One's like regret, one's like he got what was coming to him. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's a shade of both. <laughs> maybe she's like, I do regret all this. Um, it. I had a promising career in pottery. I completely derailed it. But people like Archie... They deserve. They, deserve to, <laughs> they deserve to die. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, <laughs> oh my god! Um, in all seriousness, it could be. I think. I think we have ourselves a, an outline and a story that, on paper, sort of works. There's a lot of flushing out that would need to be done if this were actually to be made. Um, and 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 especially since a lot of it's a mental state, so there's a lot of things that needs to easily demonstrate. Like, this is where her mental state is right now. This is the, the uh, uh, how, it, how it degrades over time to get her to the point to kill, right? Um, I, got, I got a pretty good ending for that. Uh, I don't know if I don't know if I should make it a surprise when we go through it. Or should I say it now? Well, we we kind of just went through it. Say it now. All right. So she's saying how regretful she is, how it ruined her career, and stuff like that. Then she makes an evil look at the reporter and says, <laughs> "But I'm not gonna lie. It did feel good." <laughs> That's how you end it. That's this is a movie now. <laughs> and then that is the end scene. <laughs> All right, should we go through this? It's not a bad little story. I mean, it's a Let's bad, go. terrible story. Um, especially for Archie. Poor Archie. Man just wanted to make some pottery. All right, let's let's go from the top and just try to tell it. So to recap for everyone, the five words we were given were pottery, understanding, yeah. lie, referral, and soft. Our goal was to construct a story using incorporating those five words as themes or actual things within the story. So let's take it from the top. I'll start. Erica wakes up. It's just normal morning. She has a set routine in her little apartment. Maybe she's a cat person. She feeds her cat. Maybe she puts on the same clothes every single day because she seems like that type of person. Eats the same breakfast. Uh, pretty much her morning routine is the same since whatever as long as she could remember she shows up to the to her her place of work carol's clay works miss faye carol the owner of the student of the pottery studio is her mentor and is who you know brought erica on uh helped her refine her talents or whatever she shows up to another customer request on her desk for another art piece you yeah. know 
something she's no become accustomed to and normal to since, you know, she's very talented. Um, and then Miss Carol comes in. She tells all the Potters about this competition between Pottery Studios for a TV program. There's going to be a large reward monetary-wise. There's going to be a large money reward as well as the piece from the competition is going to be showcased at the Met Gala for a global event on public television so millions of people worldwide can see it. Erica has always had aspirations of opening up her own pottery studio. Uh, she just didn't have the cash flow for it. And everything she's done has been under the the guise and recognition of Faye Carroll's pottery studio. So she, she saw this as an opportunity to escape and pretty much, you know, fly on her own, become her own thing. The money would give her enough uh, cash to invest in opening a studio, rent out a place. And then the recognition from the event and her work would give her enough uh, boost for to get, you know, some initial business. So Erica goes home to her parents' house to have their weekly dinner. Uh, you know, inside her parents' house, we see, you know, Erica's been a, a pottery potter prodigy since she was young. So we see awards of, uh, of, of Erica on the walls, pictures of Erica with her first, you know, uh, pieces of pottery, maybe, maybe uh, some of the actual pieces still there at her parents' house. They're having dinner. They're having a conversation with Erica. Erica tells, you know, her parents about the competition. They already know she wants to open her own studio. So she's excited about it. And uh, they're excited for her. But, you know, she, they also care about her life. They want some grandkids. So they're like, are you, are you dating yet? And she's like, no, I ain't got time for that. Pottery is life. You know, I got to focus on pottery. Uh, and then she goes home and starts drawing up ideas for the competition. And then Dave, why don't you take us to the next, next arch of arc of the story. All right. So we have, she leaves, she leaves, uh, for the next day as if it's a normal day, you know, she goes to the coffee shop. They already got her coffee order. Let's say, you know, it's a normal day. The birds are chirping. Everything seems seems on the up and up. Get to the studio, and all the girls are no longer by her. No one seems to even care about her. They're all by this mysterious man who sits in the corner, let's say, and they're gushing, you know, they're whispering, they're gossiping, they're doing all this stuff, right? <clears throat> Don't get us wrong. Erica does think he's cute, but she doesn't want to be distracted by him, and she, at the end of the day, Pari's life, she goes, she goes to work. We can even have a moment where one of her friends comes over. Did you see the new guy? And she says, "Yeah, I saw him. You know, he looks good." But who cares? Pari is life. Okay. Right. We have our mic drop moment. Faye comes in and properly introduces everyone, telling him that this is Archie. This is a family friend's son. You know, maybe her her, her favorite girlfriend's son he was abroad in europe and now he's back he was sculpting out there being an artist and the master of of of, of sculpting and now he's back and he's here to be the new apprentice for the studio 
Erica at first isn't phased by this because she hasn't really seen his work. And, you know, what is one more apprentice? Means nothing to her yet. Mm-hmm. The day goes on and Archie ends up creating <clears throat> this amazing piece of work that potentially Faye had, had asked him to create as like a, a demonstration or something that she needed done. He goes on and this piece is absolutely stellar. I mean, it's amazing. It's, 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 uh, uh, full of little details. It's everything you would want, right? And everyone in there is saying, yeah, maybe you're dropping hints, dropping little, saying little things like you should join the competition. I mean, you're you're just as good as Erica. Well, that's only Erica's skin, right? She goes and looks over his work, and even her herself, even if she just tells it to herself, at least his work is excellent. It's really good. Now, she suggests out of jealousy, that he should sharpen his skills and maybe uh, join the competition for next year. Our friend Archie agrees. Maybe it's just to play nice. Maybe he actually means it. Maybe he he thinks uh, he has some things to, to sharpen. By day's end, Erica is still troubled by Archie and his skill, but at least he won't be joining the competition. So she believes. It's competition day. And who does Erica see? Is Archie with his pottery apron on. He is ready mm-hmm. to contend. <clears throat> the competition begins. And at first, Erica doesn't think much about it other than, hey, he didn't listen. But she still thinks, I can beat him. I can take him on. And it'll be okay. Maybe a little apprehensive, but she thinks she can do it. Competition begins. They're going neck for neck. I mean, their pieces are both magnificent and beautiful and maybe even Archie's a little bit better. Okay? They're neck and neck. The judges are coming by and, and making comments about their work saying how how well it is and that they're among the top. Erica cannot keep her eyes off of him. She keeps looking back to see where he's at with his work. At the end of that day, when Erica returns home, she's in panic mode. She's hyperventilating. She's upset, she's angry, she's jealous, she feels stupid for being jealous. She needs to do something, though, to secure the win of this competition. It's now the second day. She comes to the conclusion that she must actually commit sabotage. It's the only way she's going to be able to win. Her skills alone will not get her through the finish line. She does this by going to an area where she should not have been. And she physically sabotages his pottery. Maybe it's in the kiln. But this is at the end of the second day. On the third day, the TV team shows her on camera ruining his work. And for this, Mm -hmm. she is disqualified and removed from the competition. This makes Erica absolutely distraught. She cannot believe it. And, And on top of everything, she's embarrassed. Someone of her stature and competence to be removed in such a fashion. She's embarrassed by what she's done. But the last Mm -hmm. thing that she doesn't want is for Archie to tell the studio or anyone from the studio to even find out. The only person that currently knows about this from that studio is Archie. She goes over to Archie, tries to talk him out of it. Just at least keep your mouth shut. You don't have to say anything. Just ignore what happened. But it's ultimately, uh, I think, well, actually, we said that he'll agree, right? So Archie 
says he wants something from her in return. He wants to bargain. He wants to make a deal. Erica agrees mm-hmm. to make a deal as long as he doesn't tell Faye. Archie says, uh, shake hands on it. However, the next day, Archie tells all. You would think he's writing a tell-all book. He tells it. He tells it all. And how does Erica even know that he told everyone? When she walks in, the look of disgust on all the faces of all of all of her uh, co-workers in the studio. Faye tells her to come on into the office, and you know that means nothing good. She ends up kicking her out of the studio. Now, just like that, Erica's world is upside down and backwards. She's lost everything she holds dear, all of her hard work throughout her, her whole life. And for what? She didn't get the money. She can't open her own studio. She doesn't have the fame. And now her, her name is disgraced. To make yep. matters worse, Archie is given a second chance at the competition and wins. So the one person who's, on won, who's the most gets the reward money and gets the fame. Erica's bursting at the seams. She's left with nothing except except for trying to reclaim some sixth sense of justice and revenge. That's right. So she I'll let you go. She spends every her last dollars filling up a uh, a canister of gasoline, buys a couple lighters, shows up at Archie's house when he's not there. Uh, somehow busts in. Maybe she learned how to lockpick, watch some YouTube videos, picks his lock, walks in there with the intention of burning his place down. But she sees the check on his coffee table from the competition. And instead, she, you know, decides in her mind that she's going to let him off easy. So he, she steals the money. And just returns home. Nothing's on fire. And the next day, she was pounding at her door. Police, open up. Pounding, pounding at her door. Her cats are going crazy. <laughs> she show, she opens the door. They say, are you Erica Burns? She said, yes, I am. So I need you to put your hands behind your back. You're being under arrest. You're Get you're under arrest for attempted arson, uh, breaking in, breaking entering, and uh, we, you you know gives her gives her the the rights or whatever I forgot forgot what they're called Miranda rights Miranda rights that's right so she goes to jail accompanies them down to the local police station they book her do all that take her mugshot. She has to call her parents. Um, they're like surprised. They can't believe it. They think they have the wrong Erica Burns. They end up bailing her out. And now she's kind of out in the world. And she has nothing. She doesn't have anything. She's lost everything. And the only saving grace that she has left are pending charges from Archie on on uh you know breaking entering attempted arson all that she wants him to drop it so she goes and sees him tries to plead with him to drop his charges again he uh he pulls an archie and dupes her (laughs) fool me once fool me twice 
Erica is now disrespected to the core. She sees red. She wants nothing but blood. She plans out uh, an elaborate murder. Um, let's say she uh, she poisons his clay at the studio. <laughs> then he molds his clay. Poison enters his bloodstream. And he drops dead of a heart attack. So she succeeds. But, you know, Erica is not too... Uh, not a regular criminal, right? She's not too good at covering her tracks. So she gets caught again. And now it is in present time. So Dave, why don't you end it, end it off? Yes. So it's in present time. We, we realize that either through the beginning or now we realize at the end, she's been talking to a reporter this whole time and recounting what led her to become a murderer. That's right. This conversation with the reporter. The reporter asks her, well, asks her a series of questions. And Erica, and we hear the buzzer goes off because it's time for her to return to her cell. Visiting hours is over. This, This interview is done. Erica gets up, she turns to the reporter and says, I'm not going to lie. It did feel good. Walks. That's the end. That is the end of our story. Now to completely end it, we need to give this story a title. Oh boy. I thought of a funny one. What's that? There will be blood. And pottery. (laughs) (laughs) At first, I was like, "Wait," because that's that's the name of a of a good film, right there. It is Uh, uh, Daniel. uh, I forget his last name, but yeah, there will be blood. There will be pottery and pottery. (laughs) Erica's misstep. Um, <clears throat> uh, here's one. The killing of Archie. <laughs> Archie's demise. <laughs> uh, blood, blood and clay. Ooh. <laughs> it's a little cheesy, but it's not too bad. Blood and clay. The violent potter. (laughs) (laughs) Erica's revenge. The most, yeah, the most typical. Cookie cutter revenge title you can come up with. Yeah, it is. But that's not why it works. You know, it, it could almost be like, you know, if this was like a true story, you know, it'd be like a headline in a newspaper. It could also be the title. Uh, yeah. 
So it'd be like um, innocent Potter turns into <laughs> horrific murderer. <laughs> yeah, that innocent. Uh, uh, what was the there was uh what was the other word for a Potter? Ceramus. Ceramus. <laughs> I feel like there'll be one word like clay, deceit, and murder. Clay. Clay, lies, and murder. The Potter's Revenge. Pretty- the Potter's Revenge is pretty good. I'm not going to lie. Well, the Potter's Revenge. kind of like that one. All right. You heard it, folks. This was the story of the Potter's Revenge. <laughs> now, look, obviously, you know, we, some parts we took, uh, we gave some serious treatment. Some parts is a little bit uh, on the funnier side. But I think <laughs> for this kind of story, I think, Kevin, it could be an actual story. Uh, and, and taken with enough seriousness, and I'm not saying we didn't, but taken with, uh, you know, to flush out certain themes and ideas and so on and, you know, round it out so that way, you know, these characters actually feel three-dimensional, blah, blah. I think it's a pretty, it's an interesting story. It's it's a little bit of things that people have seen before, so they'll understand the, the themes and the tropes. Um but it's in a light that it's with a mix of things that no one has ever seen before. I, I've, I never seen a film where a Potter has gone on this murderous, uh, rage. That's right. Um, <laughs> uh, but it just goes to show you, you know, you can create a story from thin air out of, out of a bunch of different things. As long as, you know, you know how a story is supposed to work out. And you never know, you know, what can come about. Like, who would have thought we'd have a, a murderous Potter, <laughs> given the words of pottery, understanding, why, referral, and soft. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. And and, and, and just to even double it down, for, for folks who, and like Kevin and I, we've been in a position where we like, we don't know what we want to write. And so we actually spend a lot of time just kind of, coming up with ideas to write, which I'm not saying there's anything wrong doing, but sometimes it's taking, as you know, Kevin just said, we have these random generated words and it sometimes it takes, Hey, you just hit the, hit the generator, the random generator, whatever words you get work with them and, and don't be, uh, you know, tempted to, to hit again or something like that. Like whatever those words are, tr- make them work, make them work. Yep. And you, you know, you come up with something like this, you come up with interesting tales, um, by, by forcing yourself to make random, seemingly random words, they're no longer random anymore. And that's the beautiful part of it. They're actually, uh, mingled in and they're weaved into the fabric of the story we just told. So they're no longer random. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And that's the beauty of story, but. We're going to cut it there. That will end our first episode 
Tune in next time where we get a new set of words and a new story. We're going to make another another vocation into a murderer, maybe. <laughs> All right. See you guys. Bye, everyone.